We welcome you into episode 33 of the best podcast available off-season edition. I'm Jason Gibbs alongside Andrew Gribble, and it is a beautiful Thursday. A little warm, but working our way through only one week left, Gribbs, of the Browns' virtual off-season program. And then it starts for real. When that is and what that is is still to be determined, but uh, the Browns starting to begin those wrap-up phases and guys with their final marching orders uh, for the final time before hopefully everybody sees each other in person uh, a little over a month from now. Yeah, you know, and it'll be a shorter period than they're used to between if, if, if all things go as planned and these guys get uh, back in the building here by the, the end of July. Uh, so it's going to be a shorter vacation than usual, and I imagine there's got to be some mental fatigue going on at this point. I mean, this has been a lot of Zoom meetings for these guys, a lot of a uh, lot of install, not a lot of action uh, on the field. But uh, the good news is these guys should be pretty healthy going in. I mean, we've seen the unfortunate news out of Philadelphia with Brandon Brooks uh, suffering that injury. I mean, that's that's a rarity when you're when you're dealing with with offseason workouts. These guys working on their own, but. Uh, these guys should be help, has, as healthy as they could be uh, gearing up for late July. And it's more now just staying healthy away from the virus and, and, be, and coming in as, as, as kind of as safe as possible and getting these guys on the field as safe as possible. And I think that's going to be going on behind the scenes probably up until the day these guys get there because this stuff is changing every day. It is changing, especially with some of the spikes and some of the states and uh, I think I read somewhere 21 states are, were showing an increase as of uh, as of today. So uh, a lot to watch here and, and to see how things play out in the coming weeks. The one thing, Gribbs, and we we did an interview with Alex Van Pelt for Cleveland Browns Daily, and then you and I were a part of the uh, the media call with Chad O'Shea, and we'll get to him in just a few minutes and react to him, but. Um, the seriousness and the importance of which the off the virtual off season has played a role in this. Uh, all of a sudden, the tone has become a little more serious this week about how important this virtual off season really has been, especially from a whiteboard, from a learning standpoint, and just getting guys ready for when they come back, whenever that might be. Yeah, I think as as Chad O'Shea explained it, the the window will be short to to impress, and I, I think you've just got to come ready to go. I mean, it's, there's as tough as these circumstances are, you're in kind of a zero excuses setup because it's equal for everyone in the NFL right now. So I, I think that it's equal for everyone on the roster. Everyone is, uh, you know, dealing with these circumstances. This is a new offense. This is new, not just to the rookies. This is new to the veterans. I mean, this is. Everything, everything is equal with this installation. So these guys have to be mentally sharp. They can't be checking out now because when they get on the field, they're going to be, obviously it's going to be a little different. They'll be eased into things more, but the expectations are that you have to pick up where you left off and, and be prepared for a season uh, that's expected to start on time. Yeah. I mean, that's no pressure, but uh, these next six weeks, normally it's a chance for players to get away get a little relaxing, a uh, little R&R in, some family time, and maybe the focus turns more towards passing those dreaded conditioning tests the first few days. A lot more being asked of these guys over the next six-plus weeks before they report to camp. 
Yeah, and I think really though the the main emphasis is going to be just stay healthy. I think that's the that this this might not be the year to to venture out on a on a huge long vacation. I mean, this might be the year to just kind of stay relaxed, stay ready, stay focused, and and be ready to go and be ready, really be ready for something you've never experienced before. I think that's going to be uh, the key thing, and I, I think. The, the more we learn about this stuff, I think, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be saying goodbye to Zoom meetings. I mean, I think these teams are being encouraged to to do things as virtually as much as possible. So you can't just expect things to be back to normal when you get back there. I think that this is just going to be a brand new season uh, that no one has really ever experienced before. Maybe that is an advantage for the rookies. They've never experienced the normal NFL. This is going to be less weird for them maybe than it will be uh, for the vets. So uh, I, I would just, for them, that I think that the message is just going to be stay locked in, stay focused, obviously rest your body, give yourself a little bit of a break, but be ready to go because if everything is going to be normal when it comes to actually being ready for these games. Yeah, I think that's, that is definitely the message across the league. And let's hope that continues uh, for our players, for our coaches, for all the players and coaches, front office people and and people we work with on a daily basis behind the scenes, not just in our organization, but the other 31 organizations throughout the National Football League. Uh, we talked, we touched earlier, Chad O'Shea had a meeting with the media on Wednesday, the wide receiver coach coming to us from the Miami Dolphins. But before that, a lot of success with those New England Patriots and about 20 to 23 minutes with Coach O'Shea. And one big thing that stood out, Gribbs, uh, the Patriot way. Not going to say a whole lot about anything, uh, especially his room and that offense as we get closer to training camp 2020. Yeah, he did, he did have a lot of good things to say individually, I think, uh, about the guys. And I thought clearly the biggest news item, if you will, even if it's not much of a news item, is I think he's he's excited by the progress that Jarvis and Odell have made. I think the, the key thing he's hammered on is they're following the plan as it's been laid out to them. Uh, I think if you're gauging what we've, what we've seen with Odell on Instagram, I think he's maybe closer to being ready for, for football than, than probably Jarvis is. Jarvis is coming off a pretty significant hip surgery. So uh, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's just part of a process. I mean, we wouldn't have expected them to be on the field during OTAs anyways. Uh, but uh, I think they're they're getting in a place where they'll be ready to go when they're supposed to be, whether that's at the beginning of training camp, midway through training camp, later in training camp, or all the way until up in the season. We don't exactly know that just as of yet. But it sounds like no hiccups, and sounds like both guys have been pretty bought into whatever they're they're doing virtually with with this offseason. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, I thought that uh, he he's very matter of fact. There's there's while he doesn't say much when it comes to big picture and giving away the trade secrets um when he does answer a question it is very matter of fact I thought he had some good stuff on Richard Higgins uh I thought he had he had some interesting things to say about Kareem Hunt you know while not in his room and not a guy that he necessarily coaches every day someone that's impressed him as a guy that uh, could be a weapon as a receiver out of the backfield who showed that last year and has shown that throughout his career, but had some nice things to say about certain guys on this football team. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where we're going to learn so much about this Kevin Stefanski offense when they finally just get on the field. I think that we, we know that the two receivers are going to be featured prominently. We saw what Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen did in Minnesota. Uh, but it really it's, can you name the third wide receiver for the Vikings? 
uh, over the past few years. There, there hasn't been much of one. And that's not to say that the Browns aren't going to use it, but it's, it's a matter of finding guys that maybe fit specific niches within this offense and can make an impact that way. We know they're going to use the tight ends a lot. You know you have two pro bowl running backs. So finding opportunities is going to be tough, but you're going to have to fill out that wide receiver room no matter what. Um, so there's opportunities around for Damian Ratley, Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Taewon Taylor. There, there's a lot of competition for, for a few spots that may not get a lot of action, but when you are called onto the field, you need to produce. And I, I think that's the expectation he's laid out to them. Yeah, no, it, it will be good. And that's another, it's another veteran guy helping a first year coach and Kevin Stefanski on this staff, you know, between uh, Van Pelt and, and Stump and Bill Callahan and uh, O'Shea, there's a lot of veterans on the offensive side of the football to help him along with whatever ends up happening, whether he calls plays, whether Van Pelt calls plays, you know, the thing that will be debated about for weeks and days coming forward. Um, one thing's for certain, uh, a veteran staff, especially on the offensive side of the football, to help that first-year coach along is never necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and you, you can make a lot out of this or not, but O'Shea was the one of the first, if not the first guys officially hired for this team. I mean, I think this was a no-brainer kind of hire for, for Kevin Stefanski, worked with uh, O'Shea in Minnesota, and clearly saw him develop enough and get an opportunity as an offensive coordinator. So it's always good when you have multiple guys on a staff who have called plays before you get the same thing on the defensive side of the ball with someone like Jason Tarver, uh, who's called plays defensively before working with uh, Joe Woods. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I like the setup there. And I think that clearly as we've made, as we've seen in our multiple times with Chad O'Shea, I mean, it's, it's a no nonsense position coach for a position that, can sometimes have a lot of personality to it. And I think that for him, I think he's going to let his guys be a personality, but you've got to produce. And I think that's the, that's the big thing. And I think that's a good, it's a good kind of mesh of personalities now that you've got in that room with O'Shea and then the personalities like, you Odell and Jarvis who are clearly talented and very comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, definitely another good, another good coach and a guy that we look forward to talking with on the best podcast available as we get to continue to know these new coaches and new front office people. Uh, you touched on something a little bit earlier, Odell Beckham Jr. running routes for Cam Newton the other day on social media, a good sign for Browns fans. And if you're a Browns fan, you've got to be excited with not only his progress, but you touched on it a few minutes ago, the progress from Jarvis Landry. Both guys seem ahead of schedule, and if you can get them for any part of what training camp is eventually going to be, I think that's a big, big positive. Yeah, and, and you've got to wonder, is Odell friends with everyone? Like, this is, this is a, I mean, the, the, li the list that he has of guys he can just call up and, and work with is, is great. And I think clearly the big news for everyone outside of Cleveland was more about Cam Newton than it probably was about Odell, who's – Cam's probably still the biggest name out there free agency wise outside of Clowney uh, on defense. But for, for Odell, I, I think we knew that this was a, a significant surgery, but one, I think we were expecting by now, it's been about what, five months, I guess, since then, or, or even maybe about four months since he's had this surgery. So really good to see. I mean, I think the clear, the thing we just all want to see is a 100% version of Odell Beckham. Cause I don't, I just don't think we ever saw that at any point last season. Uh, during the regular season. So anything that gets him on the path to that while also maximizing whatever opportunities he has to develop that chemistry of Baker Mayfield. I mean, that's the ideal solution uh, to, to, to get him ready for week one. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, that's look that 
it's important to get him out there during training camp, especially because we haven't really had an off-season program in person, but it's a lot more important in September, week one, in Baltimore to have him on the football field. And that's ultimately where you want these guys to be. And then we'll let's see where everything plays out. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, uh, you want to see this offense because that looks so good on paper. We just want to see it all together. Like I want, I want to have a game that you win where like Kareem Hunt has four carries and Odell has two catches because you have, we're getting the ball to all these other guys. I mean, that's, that's what you want to see. We've, we've gone through so much Browns football where the top playmaker you couldn't wasn't on the team a week before and, and you're getting guys off the practice squad. I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a surplus of talent on the offense and you just want it all available at your disposal instead of maybe relying on a couple guys a little bit too heavily. Yeah. All right. That's a look at what's going on as it pertains to the Cleveland Browns one week to go in the virtual off season program. Uh, Speaking of the league, ESPN and the NFL Nation crew with their AFC North All-Decade team. So the four ESPN NFL Nation writers were the ones who voted. They put this whole thing together. Gribbs wanted to get your thoughts uh, on this whole thing. Uh, It it starts, first of all, with the players of the decade. Uh, The Ravens, Marshall Yonda was their player of the decade. The Bengals, A.J. Green. Um, the Steelers had Antonio Brown for us, uh, Joe Thomas with honorable mention going to Alex Mack. First, your thoughts on the players of the decade, the Ravens with a guard as their player of the decade. Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense though. I mean, Marshall Yonda might be one of the more underrated players of the, of the decade. I mean, he is fantastic. I mean, he was the gold standard at that position and you know unfortunately when you look at the full roster it it's hard to find more spots for for some guys I mean it's tough because I think the the key guy that I wish you could have included who really came on late in the early in the 2000s and then continued into the early part of the 2010s is is a guy like Josh Cribbs like where where would you fit him in because he had some of his best years in 2007, 2009, but then he was also still really, really good at the first part of the decade. So I, I would have liked to see him ahead of Antonio Brown as that punt returner kicker. I, yes. I think that, so you're, you're always at a disadvantage for this decade team when you're like career is split over two of them because you're not fully appreciated in one of those decades. So, I, I mean, Antonio Brown, I mean, he's fine. Like, but do we remember him at all for punt returning and kicker turning? It's like, no, this guy was a, an electric. There's one play. Receiver. There's one punt we remember. <laughs> right. It, it, exactly. I mean, uh, poor Spencer Lanning on that. Yeah. One. Just he, he, it was something he also did. It wasn't what he did. And I think that that's where I would find a way to get a Josh Cribbs on, on, onto this team. But, you know, otherwise it was just, it was a tough decade. I mean, for, for the Browns, I mean, maybe you could have made, the argument I, I would have I would have argued for Alex Mack over Pouncey on this team as well, but uh, the honorable mention will be is, is probably good enough for, for Alex Mack at that point. Yeah, the two guys that made the Browns from the Browns made the AFC North All Decade team were of course Joe Thomas and then Joe Hayden uh, from 2010 to 2016. He's one of one of two players on this list who played for multiple AFC North teams. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. When James Harrison, obviously. Um, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, there's there's clearly some weaknesses on this roster. I I think. I mean, maybe I'm just undervaluing him, but we couldn't come up with a better tight end, maybe than than Heath Miller. Yeah. I I just I, I get I get it's hard hard to do. I mean, you had for the Browns, you had those couple great seasons out of Gary Barnage, but you really can't make. Oh no, but he was yeah. So you, you really can't make the argument for him yeah. there. It's yeah, I, too much I, inconsistent. The, the Ravens have never really consistently had that one guy. I I, I looked at everything and I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I guess Big Ben at quarterback. Could you have made a case for Flacco? I mean, I mean is he the only one? But he didn't have he didn't have the full ten, and that's. I mean, he had a good five year run maybe during that time. Yeah, I mean, I think Roethlisberger is the easy one for for this one, unfortunately. I, I think, man, it's just tough. I mean, it, it, again, I, I wish I could have found more places for Browns on this list, but it's just uh, reflective of the decade. Maybe, maybe I could have thrown Nick Chubb in there running back somewhere over Ray Rice. Yeah, were you surprised? I mean, it, it's obviously heavily tilted toward Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Yeah, Browns. I mean, your record is what it is, and that's why you have the the limited number of guys that you have on here. But the Bengals had a pretty good run from two thousand yeah. in the two in in this past decade, and not a whole lot of guys. I mean, you got you have AJ Green, um, on you have Andrew Whitworth. Uh, you've got a couple on defense and Dunlap and Atkins. And Adam Pacman Jones, but not too many guys, considering that they did have some success, not in the playoffs, but I'm wondering if this would have been a very unpopular pick, but could you have made the case for a perfect on this list over say a C say CJ Mosley? What about Lawrence Timmons? Yeah, I mean over one yeah. of those, I mean I that's I mean, maybe I'm thinking more of infamous than I'm thinking of, you know, productive. But yeah, I mean, that that's one that I'm like, if I'm thinking of the AFC North in the 2010s, I'm probably remembering Vontaze Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, that was. I mean, he was just one of the more memorable players from the decade. I guess that probably doesn't add up because he obviously had a pretty rough ending there in Cincinnati and since with the the rest of the NFL, but. Uh, how many how many Hall of Famers do you see on this list? That's that's the key the key question here. I mean, obviously Ben is. Yeah. I, I don't think either one of your running backs, Bell or Rice. No. I think Bell maybe could have been, but derailed that himself. Uh, I don't think Antonio. I mean, that, no, I think that'll be a controversial, but I don't think so. I think AJ uh, Green's he, got a shot. Yep. Yep, uh, not a first a ballot, but yeah. I um, think Joe's a lock. I think Marshall Yonda's a lock. Whitworth is a lock. Oh, really? I would say Whitworth. How many How many Pro Bowls are we talking for Andrew Whitworth? Oh, boy. Now I got to look it up. Yeah. As we pause in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> Four-time Pro Bowl, two-time first-team All-Pro. I wouldn't say it's as much of a lock as Joe, but he's got a good shot. Correct. Um, yeah, I don't know about 
I don't know about the Castro and Pouncey. I mean, so you got you're you're probably looking at four, maybe from that decade on offense. Yeah. Uh, on defense, Atkins, I think, could be a Hall of Famer. You can make that argument. Yeah, I think Stuggs. Yes. Ed Reed and Palomalu. Yep. And Palomalu's already going in, but that's that's amazing. Ed Reed, what do you three years in the decade, and he still makes the all decade team because there wasn't another safety better. Yeah. And then uh, I think Justin Tucker. Yeah. Probably making it. If he yeah, keeps I, up with what he's done, I mean, he's, he's got to do, probably needs to do this over a few more years, but he's, he, he's, he's probably your whole decade. Most can, he's the, he's the guy I want. If I have, if I have to make a 55 yard field goal to, to win a game, that's, that's your guy. That, you need that I, I think that was probably one of the more crazy moments when he missed was it last year or the year before when we went seven, eight, and one, where he missed a couple kicks and you were just like, Denzel Ward blocked one. Correct. And I think did he miss one week four this past year? I think he did in that loss for them. I I, th- I believe he did, and it was just one of those shocking moments that I mean, we went to break, and I remember Donovan turned around going, he actually missed like there's no weather there's nothing he right. just that's why i think he is he is so far above and beyond because he's probably one of the only kickers right now in the game where you are surprised when they miss all right coach of the decade would you take harbaugh or tomlin i mean that's a tough one i i think i'm gonna go with harbaugh i think they've both been fantastic i i just think that harbaugh clearly has a system with what they do where they've been able to win consistently while not having the best quarterback play up until the last couple of years with Lamar Jackson. And also just with a rotating cast of guys. I mean, you, you've got an, on defense, they just, they, they just churn through these players. They let them go in free agency and they continue to just, even if their defense isn't the top in the league every year, it's always one of the best, always a, a team you're, you're circling on your calendar, knowing it's going to be a tough defense. Their special teams has been fantastic the entire decade. I, I just think the consistency with which they've done it with maybe not the same talent level that Pittsburgh has had over the decade gives me the edge for, for Harbaugh. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I almost feel like if the Ravens haven't made the playoffs, they were there still like week 17. <laughs> yeah, they're always hanging around. Yeah, and, and Pittsburgh, while they they've had a couple of those years, they they have they've had a couple of years where they haven't been great. <laughs> they yeah. they needed a late season swoon to make a run. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it, I just you inherently this is these coach awards are always weird because you always it, it's like I think somehow Nick Saban only has like one coach of the year award in the SEC, so it's always given to the coach who does the most with what's expected with with what's least expected. Yep. And I, I think that that's where that's where Harbaugh probably gets the edge because I mean Tomlin's had Roethlisberger that entire decade just being one of the better quarterbacks in the league and the Ravens have had to get creative. I mean with uh, I mean Flacco was solid but he wasn't as good as Roethlisberger uh, and now they've figured out a just a brand new way of playing football with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I I I really not not in much town at wide receiver the entire you know the no decade. I mean just they've they've always just been tough though and and that's that's a the hallmark of the coach yeah 
Nope. They, they, he's managed to keep that boat floating and, and floating quite nicely. The crazy <laughs> thing is both of these guys we're talking about both had hot seat chatter on them at some point in the decade. And they're both still here. Yeah. Yeah. And then honestly, you can make an, a, a case for Marvin. I mean, he had, a, he had a pretty good decade too. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. The, the, that's, that's what the Browns are up against last decade. Not only were, were the Browns going through their own issues, but they were dealing with an incredibly consistent division year in and year out. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that's, and it's not going to get any easier anytime soon. A loaded division headed by a great group of quarterbacks, four quarterbacks, including three that have won Heisman trophies. So uh, we'll see how things play out here in this next decade. All right. One thought for you on Vegas getting the Pro Bowl in 2021. Obviously, who knows if the Pro Bowl is going to be played, if it'll be played in front of fans, but the Pro Bowl going to Vegas in 2021. Gribbs, one thought from you on that. Uh, doesn't change a thing for me in terms of my interest level, I would say, because it's, the venue has never really mattered for me. I did like Golden Tate's tweet about it, though, if you, if you saw that. where he I said, have not. They better play the game the day all the players land off the plane or it's going to be a problem. I think that's a fair – I would I mean, say the players are going to be more excited about this thing than me. Well, there's, there's divisions of players. It's the players without families that are going to be more excited about this. The players with families, this is a tougher one. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, uh, you're not packing up your three or four kids and saying, Hey, let's go to Vegas. I mean, there's options. There's options in Vegas. They've it's certainly come around on the, on the families. I, I've been out there and seen plenty of families doing stuff out there. Uh, there's a roller coaster at New York, New York. Uh, I mean, I, I, they, they've, they've tried and there's, but it's, yeah. it's, just, it's not Disney world. No, no. It's Disney world for adults. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what that is. All right. One other uh, topic, one thought at Tom Brady's photo shoot that came out uh, on Monday or was it, it might've been Tuesday. Well, first off, I just want to know the logistics of how it happened. I mean, I, I I'm just curious. I mean, I would love to see some of our guys in, in these uniforms pretty soon for our, for our team. So hopefully we can see that pretty soon, but I, I just more enjoyed the shot in front of Patriots fans. I think that was just, it, it's, it's now all of a sudden it's real. It is that I think that they've, they've been in a little bit of denial that this is happening. There's been zero talk somehow about the Patriots quarterback situation. That, like going into the season it's like they've it's like they're just suppressing it at this point that they yeah. nothing they to see here yeah nothing to see so I think that that is maybe what I enjoyed is that it maybe just made things feel a little bit more real yeah uh, it, <laughs> and it's always fun when something like that comes out because then you flip over to Patriots radio in Boston and the sky is falling again which I like I'm enjoying it. It's like when you, you know, if you get dumped by your girlfriend and then you, you kind of just wallow for a little bit for a few months and then you see the Facebook photo up there with her new boyfriend. I mean, that's the, that's, that's where it, it hits hard. I get, I get you. I get it. I get it. Uh, it's uh, yeah. There, there are some weird poses. There are some weird looks. I'm like, eh. 
do we do you need that why not wait till the action why not wait till practice whatever that's I mean I, I will say this as much as grief as I've given the bucks hype and everything like that I mean I, I would say he is clearly motivated and engaged and I think this is going to be like a season full of spite for for him and I think that could work well or it or it could not work but I think that certainly no the intangible of motivation is is at an all-time high I think for Brady. yeah can he get the ball to his very very fast wide receivers that is the biggest question now that he'll actually have wide receivers yeah. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 33 of the best podcast available. Make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe today to the best podcast available. You can also watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Browns. Thank you to Anthony Baco for all of his hard work. We are back with you next week. Final week of virtual off-season programming. Andrew Gribble. Appreciate his time. Have a good weekend. Enjoy. You're out of the panic room today. Always a positive. Uh, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available.